Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. I don't get to go to, y'all are in trouble. I didn't get to preach first service, by the way, so, so y'all are in trouble. I don't get to go to a lot of movies. Um, y'all don't know how strict I was brought up. I, I've never been to the movies. I guess the closest I've ever been to the movies was Julie and I on our honeymoon went down to San Antonio, and they had one of those big panoramic screen things, you know, iMag, where you can, like, ride the roller coasters. And th- this will show you how backwards I am. I got to go watch with her Dances with Wolves. And I, I couldn't even enjoy it because I felt guilty the whole time. Uh, so I wasn't allowed to watch move, go to the movies when I was growing up. So, uh, I'll, you know, w- what happens is I'm, I'm usually way behind on, on what I get to watch. So I'm like, like in the third season of Leave it to Beaver about right now. And now what happens is after I hear about you guys talking about the movies you got to attend, months later after all the hype, then I get to go out and rent it. Uh, and, and so I sit in my front of my TV and, and all this buildup of, of excitement and I'm prepping for this movie and getting ready for this movie. But I've discovered something. While I'm there watching that video, you know what the favorite part of the whole thing is for me? The previews. It's better than the movies. I mean, here I am waiting, anticipating. You guys have talked about it month on end. Oh, it's so good. You got to go see it. And I enjoy the previews better than I enjoy the movie because it tells me, it gives me this glimpse of what is actually coming, small glimpses of what can be expected or what is on the way because before I actually get to see the thing in full. It's just a small taste. It's just a small sample. It's just an example that causes me to want to see the whole thing. Well, what that experience sitting in front of that DVD player is, is basically a very good and a very basic definition of faith. When, when you think about it, faith is to see a glimpse of something before it is actually seen in full. That's how Hebrews, in in the writing of Hebrews, that's how faith is defined. You know the passage of Scripture, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That is faith. That is a definition of faith. See, I've discovered this. There is power in preview. Uh, let, let, Let me show you an example. Walt Disney understood the power of previews. He had one. Uh, History shows that when Disney World first opened that Mrs. Walt Disney was invited to come and address the crowd that was gathering for the grand opening because Walt had already passed away. And uh, she's sitting there on the stage waiting to be introduced when the gentleman that was going to introduce her to address the crowd made this statement as he's introducing her. He says this, Mrs. Disney, I just wish Walt could have been here to see this. She stood up and said, he did, and turned around and sat back down, and she was done. The power of preview. Before he ever saw the first brick laid, before any concrete had been poured, before any concession stand was constructed to rob you of your inheritance, yeah, before the long lines, Walt Disney had this glimpse, this preview of what could be, that is, faith. It's extremely important, and in fact, it is God commanded for us to have enough faith to see things the way they will be before they actually happen. In fact, the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
we are commanded, we are instructed, we are exhorted to live our life based on previews to show faith in our actions and our attitudes. Faith is essential. So I just want you to know I'm, I'm for faith. Just so you know, so there's no misunderstanding that I believe as a body we should live by faith, we should operate by faith. As you as individuals, you should establish your life by living by faith. But this morning I want to challenge you that we need to understand another aspect of this preview. Uh, I want to tell you that I am convinced and believe that although faith is essential and that we should show, uh, live our life so that we hope for things that we've not yet seen. I want you to understand there's another aspect of faith that I think may be the key that keeps us from getting everything that God has for us. In fact, I would just like to challenge you this morning that maybe I've stumbled onto something that I think may be the key to your breakthrough. It may just happen to to be the thing that you need to grab onto to see your miracle, to see the provision of God, to see what God wants to establish in your life. I, I think it may be one of the greatest and most neglected keys in your breakthrough preview. I, I believe that it is important for you to have a preview. That's faith. But listen to me this morning. I believe it is also crucial at some moment that you learn this key, and the key is this. You need to flip the tables on God. What are you talking about, Steve? I, I want us to learn to, as a body, and I want us to learn as individuals this aspect of the preview. I want us to learn how to give God a preview. Oh, stay with me this morning. See, I, I can traipse you throughout the, the, the landscape of Scripture and show you faith. There are moments that when people had vision to see things before they ever saw the fulfillment of their vision. Uh, we like to spend time studying those individuals and learning about faith. But I want to take you into some accounts. I can, I'm just going to throw you out a couple that, that, that show you that, that we can learn to give God a preview and that it has an impact and a result in our life. They gave God a glimpse of what he could expect. Think about that a moment. That's a different aspect of faith, isn't it? They showed God what he could expect. Now, let, let, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Abraham. The Bible says that Abraham feels directed by God to leave his comfort zone, to leave his family, to leave his territory, to leave his small town, his hometown, and to go on a journey and to follow God to a land that he does not know. That's faith, right? But you know, the rest of the story, the Bible says that on the journey, God steps in and promises him a son. And after decades of being barren, his wife finally gives birth to the promised one, the, the promised child, my heir, the, the, my, my sole survivor, the love of my life, this little boy that's going to live on as a legacy for me. But then God gives Abraham a command. It's a heartbreaking command. He says, I want you to offer your son to me as a sacrifice. I think most of us in our minds, whether we realize it or recognize it or not or stop to think about it, we, we paint this picture in our mind that as Abraham is marching his way up the mountain with his son in tow to, to, to offer him as a sacrifice, I really think in our mind what we think is that when he lays his son on the altar and he straps him down and, and, he, and he raises that knife, I really think that what we think is out of the corner of his eye, he sees a ram. But I came to tell you this morning, that's not true. 
I don't believe he saw the ram. I believe that he gives God a preview because the Bible says he takes that knife and he plunges it towards his own son's chest. And the angel literally has to step in and stop him from taking his son's life. He showed God a preview that said this, I will trust you even when what you've asked me to do hurts. Before I ever see provision, before I ever see the ram caught in the thicket, before I ever see the breakthrough, I will respond to you with trust and obedience. How about Job? The Bible says that he lost everything. He lost his house. He lost his health. He lost his wealth. Worse yet, to make it even more unbearable, he loses his own children. They're all destroyed. They're all dead. They're all lost. But Job apparently knew the power of a preview because he declares this, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. You know, it's one thing uh, to to make that declaration when your house has been restored. It's one thing to make that declaration when you see all the provision of God working in your life. It's one thing to look down at your sick body and seeing it being made whole and say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. But before his house was ever rebuilt, before the boils ever went away, before his children were ever restored to his life, before any of that, he says this, though he slay me. Yet will I trust him. He understood that before he was ever given back double, before he was ever restored in any way, shape, or form, he shows God that, God, I will remain faithful to you regardless. You can trust me to trust you. Three Hebrew children, three young men make a preview-packed statement. They make this statement. Our God is able to deliver us, but even if he chooses not to, we will not bow down. They gave God a preview that, that even if you decide that it's in our best interest, even though it may be painful, even though it's not what we would have chosen, there's your sermon right there, even though it's not the path, even though it's not the outcome that I prayed for and believed for, I will not bow down your faith. I want you to know it's easy to make that declaration when you're in the fire with the fourth man, but what do you? what is your statement when you're in the fire before the fourth man? gets there what is your preview before the the fourth man shows up in your situation what are you saying to God what preview are are you giving to God how are you living a previewed life before the fourth man arrives on the scene I can take you into the New Testament to a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus you know the story he was an outcast he was a he was handicapped he was a reject he was a beggar The Bible says that Jesus is passing that way and he hears this blind man yelling at the top of his voice. And so Jesus speaks to his followers and says, bring him to me. The Bible goes on and it declares that that Jesus heals the blind man's eyes. He reaches out and touches his eyes and heals him. And after that, the Bible says that the blind Bartimaeus took off the beggar robe and threw it down. I hope you know your Bible better than that. That's not how it happened. The Bible says that this blind man is yelling at the top of his voice and Jesus speaks to his followers and says, call him to me. And the Bible says that blind Bartimaeus stood up and stripped off his robe. He still can't see. 
That robe is his mark of authenticity. It shows the people that he is legitimately handicapped, that they can support him and give him handouts because he has no means to take care of himself. It is his, his, uh, his badge of identification, if you will. And the Bible says that before Jesus ever spoke to him directly or before Jesus ever laid a hand on him or before Jesus ever healed him, before any of that, he threw off that mark of identification. And he gives God a preview and says this, I believe you can heal me before you heal me. And I refuse to be badged, to marked, identified as something that I will no longer be if you decide to touch me. He gave God a preview before it happened. Y'all ain't, ain't helping me today. I, I want you to stay with me. Last one, Paul and Silas, you know the story. Beaten, chained, sore, alone, mistreated. But apparently these two guys understood and knew the power of midnight previews. Because the reality is, is that before a chain was ever slipped off, before a block ever flew open, before any indication of breakthrough ever came, they showed God that He is worthy of praise. They previewed for Him. So here it is. I, I, all that to bring you to this question. What kind of preview are you giving God? See, I believe that some of us are giving, a God, giving God a preview that keeps our miracle and that keeps our provision and keeps our healing, keeps our freedom, and keeps our restoration at bay. We say and conduct our lives in a manner that does not give God the appropriate preview, and so we restrict what He will do. Uh, let me see if I can get real basic. Uh, uh, we, we, we say this, God, if you'll heal me, then I will declare your goodness. The only problem is, is we can't get you to talk about God now. Y'all see, y'all thought I was all nice this morning. Y'all didn't know. I... We can't get you to talk about God now. We can't, we can't get you to talk about His power now. We can't get you to talk about anything but your sickness now. So how? what is your preview saying to God? The only thing we can get you to declare out of your mouth is how sick you are and how broken you are and how much pain you're in. What I want to know is what kind of preview does that give God? Okay. It's going to get tight in here. We say, God, if you'll break the financial bondage in my life, then I'll be generous. Oh, you don't understand, God. If you'd let me win the lottery, I would tithe. If you'd let me fall into some, some supernatural breakthrough financially, then, God, I'll build your kingdom. The only problem is, is that you're so stingy right now, we can't get you to get nothing. I, I mean, come on now, if, if you've got $10 in your pocket and you won't tithe $1 in your, out of your pocket, what really makes you think that when that $10 turns into 10000 that you would be willing to step up and... Because we live up to our preview and God responds to our preview. And some of us are telling Him by the way we conduct our life that He can't trust us with more because He hasn't been able to trust us with less. See, the reality is this, is that we are instructed to get a, give out of our need, not out of our abundance, because the truth is this, if we won't give out of our need, then we will never give out of our abundance. We say, God, if you will do blank, what have you been asking him to do? What this week have you said to him, God, if you would just do, then I, then I will worship you. Really? 
Well, we can't get you to raise your hands now. We can bring the best band, best music, sing songs that would move practically any human on the face of the earth, and we can't get you to stand up. We can't get you to spin. We can't get you to shout. We can't get you to declare the works of God. What makes you think that if God would... That's what the power of preview is, is I show you before you come through. Is this how we would worship if he came through? Is your level of worship right now indicative of what you would do if he came through? If the miracle happened, if the breakthrough happened, if favor came down on your life, is this the preview of what he's to expect? If What's our preview saying to God? God, if you would intervene, I'll serve. Oh, I would, God, I would. I'd, I'd ush. I'd be the best usher. I'd greet. I, I, I would work with kids. God, I'll change diapers in the nursery if you'd just come through. Yeah, right. Because his preview tells him, your preview tells him something else. What your preview says is, I don't have time to do that. And if I'm blessed, you're going to have less time because you've got to manage the blessing. Yeah. How are you suddenly going to serve if you felt better? How are you suddenly going to serve if you were more blessed? I want you to have faith. But maybe our key this morning to breakthrough is to restore God's faith in us. That was a powerful statement, and y'all stared at me like deer caught in the headlights. I want you to have faith. But maybe the key to our breakthrough is restoring God's faith in us. Maybe if we would just show him a glimpse of what it will be like before it's like, he would come through. In other words, maybe praise ought to come before we get power. In other words, maybe we ought to be generous before dreams are granted. In other words, maybe we ought to worship before we ever find freedom. Maybe something in us ought to stand up and declare, God is good and greatly to be praised. And regardless of what I see. See, I am convinced that it is our willingness to give God a preview that shows God that we will not forget what He will do because we refuse to overlook what He's already done. Y'all didn't get that, so let me say it like that, like this. It is our preview that shows God that we will not take the miracle we are asking for for granted because we haven't taken what He's already done for granted. Let me teach you three lessons, and then I'm going to get out of your way. There's three important lessons we need to learn about giving God the correct preview. Number one is this, God's worthiness never changes. In other words, God is worthy of our biggest, best, deepest praise right now. Regardless of whether or not He ever comes through. Regardless of whether He ever does what we want Him to do or expect Him to do. Regardless if you see your healing on the horizon or your deliverance in the distance. The bottom line is His worthiness never changes and our reaction and our response should never be based on what He does or does not do because our response should be as consistent as His worthiness. That's how you can worship when you're in bondage. That's how you can praise when you're sick. That's how you can give when you're broke. Because I give based on the fact that he's worthy and his worthiness never changes. And my situation may never match his level of worthiness, but that doesn't impact his worthiness. I still have to respond according to his stature, not mine. 
that would change our preview if we just based what we do on who he is rather than what he does. The second thing I would say to you is this, and this is a hard lesson to learn, but it's true. Faith has to trump feelings and facts. We are called to faith, not to feelings. We are not even called to facts. Well, you just don't know who I am. I'm a logical individual, and I like facts. Well, you're going to struggle in this walk then because we live a faith walk. We, we have to give God the appropriate preview based on information sign, sometimes that does not line up with who He is and what He can do. We are not called to pout. We're called to praise. We are not called to bargain or blackmail or twist His arm. That We do that as a result of basing what we believe on what we feel. And I just want to say to you this morning that the preview that we give God on how we will react and respond should be based on what we believe, even if our feelings and even if our facts don't line up with what we see with our natural eyes. I just want to encourage some of you that what you need to do is close your stinking eyes, natural eyes. You need to come to the place that when you look at things that don't line up to what you know about God, close your natural eyes and open your spiritual eyes and recognize that you don't live on what you see with these natural eyes. You base your walk on what you see and discern with your spiritual eyes. Our faith has to trump what you feel. I don't feel like worshiping this Sunday. Newsflash. There are a lot of Sundays that I know I don't feel like worshiping and half the people up there don't feel like worshiping. But our worship is not based on feelings or even the facts that we faced all week long. <laughs> Truth be told, y'all, let me just let you on the inner circle a little bit. Truth be told, there are some days I don't even want to talk to y'all. I'd rather hold up my office and stare at Fred. Some of y'all don't know who Fred is. Come to my office and you'll meet Fred. There are days. I, I know y'all think the preacher glows in the dark. But that's not true. There are days that we all struggle because of our feelings. That has nothing to do with it. Anybody ever woke up and didn't feel saved? Anybody wake up this morning and not feel saved? Yeah, okay. I think we're all, okay, so quit basing what you do and what you believe and how you react and how you respond on what you can see. The last thing I'll say to you this morning is that you've got to guard your preview. Job chapter 15 verse 6 says this, he says, your own mouth condemns you. Oh, y'all didn't get that. Your own mouth condemns you. He goes on and he says, your own lips testify against you. You've got to guard your preview. You gotta come to this place and in other words, where what you say lines up with your preview rather than what you see. See, you gotta understand. I've I've tried to teach you this. I'm gonna keep plugging at this until we get it. Your words have power. Your words have an impact on what is accomplished in your life. Yeah. So in other words, let me say it like this for those of you that need it really profound. Our communication has to line up with our revelation rather than our situation. 
if your communication lines up with your situation, then apparently you have no... And so you got to come to this place where you learn to guard your mouth because out of your mouth flows the preview. The issues of life come out of your heart and out of the abundance of the heart, the the mouth speaks. So if your issues come out of your mouth and they don't line up with the revelation of what you know about God, then your own words will condemn you. That's why David said this. He said, praise should continually be on my lips, in my mouth. Well, well, I got a problem with that, David. My problem is, is that doesn't take any account or regard for my situation. No negotiations. Well, you don't understand, David. I'm sick. I don't feel like speaking praise. I just want some NyQuil. interesting word his praise shall continually be on my mouth I didn't even look it up but I can tell you what it means it's profound you ready to write this down continually means all the time that's, that's Steve's Greek lexicon or I guess it'd be Aramaic Hebrew here yeah deep all the time regardless of pain regardless of struggle regardless of sickness and in spite of the fact that you want to kill somebody, in spite of the fact that you hate your job, in spite of the fact that your car's jacked up, in spite of the fact that you want to kick your dog, in spite of all that, the Bible declares that you can guard your own preview by guarding what comes out of your mouth. Your own lips testify against you. So we should guard our preview. So here's the million dollar question. Would you send a gift to someone who showed you in advance that they would react negatively or respond with no thankfulness? I'm tell you right now, one of the things I can't stand is ungrateful kids. I'm talking about my own. Y'all don't let me preach my own kids. We've taught our kids that when we do something for them, they better say thank you. You don't even need to make application. Why is it that we will go to God and say, God, I need, I need, I need, and he comes through and we did it ourselves. I built that all by myself. I did that all by myself. I wonder sometimes if we don't have the breakthroughs, the provision, the miracle, the deliverance that we really desperately need because God has already seen a preview that we will experience that and remain unthankful. And so my question to you is simply this this morning. As we move forward as a body, we got to learn to give God a preview so that we will show him that when he comes through, man, you don't even have to worry, God. We're going to handle it right we're going to praise you whether you come through or not. What if it takes us longer to redo the parking lot than we wanted to? That's all right. Got nothing to do with your worthiness, God. Thank you, Jesus. What if it gets crowded in here, God? That's all right. We'll just move to the first service because it has nothing to do you with. 
See, see, we don't like it when it gets real practical. That means as a body, we're going to have to walk through some situations like a Dr. Carpenter where we believe for healing, trust for healing, stand on healing, and God decides it's time for him to go home. But I can still raise up my hands and say, God, your worthiness has not changed. And although I'll miss him, and although I respect him, the reality is I still know that you're faithful. If we'd ever learn to give God those kind of previews, I don't think we would be able to contain what God wants to do. You know why we're busting out of the scenes right now, Brad, at Passion Sports? Because we gave God a preview. Three solid years with eight kids. Eight to ten kids. Now 33. What's the difference? We showed God that we'd take care of the eight we had. Yeah, that's how it happens. Why, why is this school over here calling us now to serve hot dogs to 500 people on October the 6th, 5th, 5th? Why? Because we show God that when it's 106 degrees in the middle of August, we'll show up at a sidewalk where there's kids running all around like crazy, and we will hand out hot dogs. What's your preview? Father, this morning, I pray that you would challenge us. God, I, I, I long that you make us a people of faith where we would take bold risks and bold steps for you. But this morning, we want to flip the tables on you. This morning, God, I would really like to restore your faith in us. I pray for people under the sound of my voice this morning that are sick, that are struggling in their physical body. God, we know we've got some, Stuart and Vicki, Brian, Amy, and others. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that they would learn this truth and we would help them in this truth. We would not just talk about their sickness. We would talk about who you are. And we would give you a preview that we will serve you. We believe you can heal us before we're healed. Father, I pray for those that are in financial need right now. There are days that walking by faith is really hard because the facts are so scary. But God, we're, we're living examples. We're, we're living testimony of the fact that you can step into a, a situation where we're about to lose everything and cause a bank <laughs> to say, no, nope, too much. So, God, I know if you can do it for them, you can do it for We're going to live our lives based on your worthiness, even if you don't come through. Make us like the four Hebrew children where we would have an, enough belief in you that we would say, God, even if you don't show up in my fire, I'll still trust you. You know what's best. So, Father, I pray that our revelation of who you are would far surpass our situation. And, Father, I pray that we'd quit living on what we feel, what our facts seem to be. And, God, most of all this morning, I pray that you would allow our preview to line up 
what we say. Help us to guard our preview. We would begin to say the right things. We would begin to declare the right thing. Even if you choose not to step in, let praise continually guard our mouth. I pray that a negative word would have to fight through praise to get out. God, I pray that 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 doubt would have to duke it out with praise on my lips that before he could ever utter before I could ever utter a word of doubt, I would have to fight off praise before a word of defeat and giving up could ever get out of my mouth. That guard I set on my lips would rise up and fight that thing back down. And I would begin to declare that the Lord is good and greatly to be praised. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In my midnight hour, when it doesn't seem like I'm going to be free, I'll rise up in chains, in sickness, in brokenness, in bondage. And I will still declare that God, you're my God. And I can trust you. And I'll make my communication line up with my revelation of who you are. I want you to stand with me this morning. This is how I want us to end this morning. Some of you are facing some tough situations. And I understand that. I understand that some of you are facing foreclosures. I understand that some of you are facing lingering sickness. I understand that some of you are, are, are facing broken relationships that you're not. I understand all that. But, but I really feel like that maybe the best thing I've told you this morning is that your communication has to begin to line up with your revelation of who God is. Because if you don't have a revelation, you'll find yourself in a situation. It always happens. So I just want us to adjust our mouth. So as Daniel gives you a little shouting vibe a little feel for about five to ten maybe maybe we'll get carried away and about 30 seconds would you just begin to declare how God I don't know what you want to say about him hallelujah let it line up with who you are And so, Father, I ask this. I ask when we run into one of our brothers and our sisters and negativity begins to come out of their mouth, I pray that right in mid-sentence, we would say the right word that would cause praise. God, I know this. We have the ability to pull negativity out of one another. And we also have the ability to pull praise out of one another. I pray that we would become a people that knows how to pull praise out of one another. So, Father, I'm praying right now that as we spend time on Facebook this week, 
and we see members of this body begin to declare their need, we would intersect their need with praise. We'd be able to turn it, flip it on a dime. We would turn that thing on a dime. And suddenly victory would come because our revelation lined up. Father, as we're discussing with one another at the women's retreat, at the men's retreat, if, if a word comes out of our mouth that, that does not line up with who you are, I pray that under the inspiration and move of the Holy Spirit, somehow, some way, one of us will step right in and say, But God! And the conversation will turn and we'll walk into victory. So, Father, this week I pray over my people. I bless them in Jesus' name. I bless them to give you the correct preview. God, I, I, I recognize that not every situation is going to turn over this week. But, Father, we, I declare over them this blessing that their situation has absolutely and will have absolutely nothing to do with their response to you. In fact, the thing that will set them apart this week from everybody else is that they will respond to who you are. So that others will look and say, well, your situation didn't change. No, my situation didn't and may never. But something else hadn't changed either. My God hasn't changed. And he's worthy of my praise and a correct attitude. And so, Father, I bless my folks to have that kind of ability this week. I pray everywhere they go, every piece of ground they step on, they will preview. They will show you that we will correctly handle any blessing, any miracle, any breakthrough because we, we refuse to take anything you've already done for granted and we will not base our praise on what you've done but who you are. Show yourself worthy, I pray, in Jesus' name. Come on, touch your neighbor. Say, you need to give God a preview this morning. You may be seated for just a moment. I won't. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 